This is Startup Renegades, a raw conversation with founders, entrepreneurs, and the unicorns among us who have taken their idea and turned it into a thriving, profitable brand. I'm your host, Shauna Armitage, and my work as a fractional marketing director has led me to connect with dozens and dozens of founders in all stages of their startup journeys. Whether they're bootstrapping or fundraising or have capital on hand, there's one big question founders always ask, how do I grow this thing? On Startup Renegades, we'll explore how they did it, and you'll walk away with actionable steps you can take on your own journey to scalable growth. Hey, welcome back. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Justin Clegg. He's co-founded three Silicon Valley startups and was selected by The Guardian as a rising star in AI and conversational commerce. Prior to the startups, Justin led product and marketing efforts for Fortune 500 software companies, including Intel, Oracle, and Adobe. He talks about his childhood with his dad being in the government and why he made the switch to tech. Ultimately, this guy has a really global perspective and he wants to see big changes happening in the world. And he's making some of those big changes with his company, Allset. Now, you know that I'm a marketer. I love to talk about growth. And Justin and his team are really focused on having an omnichannel approach. They go really grassroots where they are working side by side with the businesses that they serve so they can really learn more about the process and figure out how to make the best products for them. But now we are in the age of digital growth. So he's also going to talk a little bit about the strategies they've used on the digital side and how that's contributed to the growth of the business. You are going to love it. It is a great episode. Let's go ahead and we'll let Justin tell his story. Let's listen in. Hey, Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Shauna. Good to be here. All right. So we're going to start at the very beginning. What did you want to be when you grew up? Wow. I came from a family of FBI agents. So my dad was a fourth generation agent. Uh, So there was always kind of a discussion as a government family to pursue a path of government and eventually the FBI. I was a bit of a black sheep and I I went tech and uh, my dad and I are still great friends. So I think that (laughs) that was always a career path discussion. You know, I was always interested in having grown up around the world and spent time, you know, living in countries like Mexico and Brazil mm-hmm. and Puerto Rico and then later India and then a couple of years in Africa. I spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, foreign diplomacy and politics, you know, and uh, ended up choosing a career path in tech and uh, have not looked back since. So, so. I have a U.S. Marshal for a father. We didn't get to travel the globe, but I understand the family, (laughs) the family life and the family structure, how that works. So you had all these vast experiences and you said that you've gotten to tech and you've never looked back. But why? Like, what was so appealing to you about it? So, you know, I think when you live outside of the U.S., you gain an appreciation for how nice and sort of the creature comforts we have access to in the U.S. Yeah. You learn to adapt quickly and form friendships quickly. You learn to be the outsider that struggles with language. And so overall, I'd say, you know, my empathy towards the international community, towards underserved Mm -hmm. uh, and overlooked communities, I think is different. I'd rather befriend, you know, the janitor than a CEO (laughs) uh, for various reasons, because you can build a rapport quickly. Uh, in terms of tech, 
I wanted to, and I think this is the dream of most entrepreneurs. The goal was, you know, how do you leave a legacy, right? And how do you mm-hmm. build products that, you know, scale and reach and touch the lives of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, of concurrent users, you know, sitting on a bus and watching people use your product in the wild. There's something that is really exciting to see. And that's kind of the pursuit, right? As a product focused leader. And so, you know, I think value, customers, uh, growth, money, all of that can follow as a benefit. But uh, yeah, I've been really excited about taking exposure from Silicon Valley and, and my time spent out there living in Palo Alto and bringing that to underserved communities. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely the dream as an entrepreneur, right? You want to see your product in the hands of millions. You want to see growth. You want to change lives. But there's a lot of different ways to do that. And you chose tech. So you talk about your experience out in Silicon Valley. You know, before you started your own company, you go to college out there. You chose to work for other tech companies. What did those early years look like? Yeah. So I studied at BYU here in Utah. Okay. And Moved to Silicon Valley, I was the first undergraduate non-MBA hire that Intel had had in, I think, over a decade. And so wow. it was a really kind of unique opportunity to go, you know, straight from the dorm life uh, to the corporate, you know, high growth tech life. Mm-hmm. And I had really some of the best experiences. I learned from incredible leaders and communicators and you know, my sort of advice to anybody launching their career would always be join a big tech company, right? Join mm-hmm. a large organization, get that exposure, um, learn how process and communication and timelines work and familiarize yourself with that and use that as a, a launch pad and a springboard to take more, you know, risk prone opportunities, i.e. startups um, mm-hmm. or building your own company. And so, you know, I rubbed shoulders with incredible people and whether that's a founder at LinkedIn or, you know, you have neighbors like Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Young, (laughs) you know, down the street. And and so I think there's, you know, really powerful opportunities that Silicon Valley can provide to be able to open up that network. And, you know, you just meet really incredible people. And so spending time in Silicon Valley, launching the career, you know, early, at sort of a a larger, you know, Fortune 500 gave me the tools um, and the working knowledge to then be able to, you know, move into early stage uh, startups later. Yeah. And and the network, it seems like. Okay. So you have this amazing experience in Silicon Valley where you are learning what the best processes are and you're working with some of the greatest minds. And now you're building up a really strong network, which we cannot overemphasize how important the strength of your network go is when you're going into startup. So how did you come up with the idea for Allset? Yeah. So my first real exposure to startups was in about 2015. There was a company called Magic. And the focus of Magic was send a text and get anything you want delivered on demand okay. without any hustle. So it was a company that was backed by Sequoia. I think it was a you know twelve million dollar raise on like a forty million valuation, and you know I was so infatuated by the concept that I lost sleep thinking about kind of the implications of you know where the world was headed with such That's a simplistic intense. yeah <laughs> such a simplistic and novel idea. But there's a couple of tailwinds that were taking place at that time. We saw mm. 
you know, this rise of on-demand delivery. This is pre-DoorDash and pre-Uber Eats. We saw this rise of conversational commerce, right? Yep. And leveraging UI-less, you know, interfaces like SMS or other uh, messaging platforms to be able to help businesses and consumers engage and, and uh, communicate in a more frictionless way. And so right. I really dug my heels in to understanding how to really hustle and help, you know, things like how do you build a driver community to be able to make sure that, you know, a Jamba Juice gets delivered by somebody who sends a text to Magic. My crew would later move into, you know, subsequent conversational AI startups like Sonar, where I led as the sort of head of growth. And we were an early Facebook messenger for business um, platform partner. We had a tiny little whale logo and the, uh, you know, logo made it to F8 in 2016, which is Facebook's, you know, marquee developer event. And moments like that where you start to realize, oh, there's a green field in the messaging space, you know, one, and there's endless opportunity to be able to help connect businesses uh, to their consumers. So I've read most, you know, research papers on natural language processing, you know, that Stanford's put out. We love machine learning. We love, you know, looking at concepts like entity extraction and geeking out on how to make messaging a more delightful experience and also to make it feel like there's a human in the room when in many cases there isn't. So that's uh, right. a little bit about. But you're talking about a lot of the solutions, right? Like we have SMS and we have all of these things that are kind of converging. But in order to have that idea or to start the startup, you have to have this problem that you're solving. So what was it that you were seeing that with all these solutions out there, there was still a problem to be solved? What was that? Yeah, I think the main you know, stat for us was that 75% of consumers want to be texted by businesses. And when we think about the time cost of having to call, you know, your bank or call a business and you're waiting 30 to 60 minutes, you're put on hold, you are dealing with things like IVR, you know, this voice routing technology, press one to go to XYZ and press two to go to a different part of the business. And so we looked at just the inefficiency and consumers are looking for convenience. They want to be able to communicate on preferred messaging channels. And, you know, our whole thesis has been that consumers want to be able to communicate with businesses in the very same way that they talk to their family and friends. And so that's something that we've always thought about enabling. And then the number of applications and use cases to be able to do that and deploy products are endless. So, you know, we've built things like 911 and emergency communication, right? So could you send a text that gets routed to a 911 dispatch center? We've thought about things like instant coupons over text. So mm -hmm. you go head to head against businesses like Groupon and Retail Me Not by sending a text and getting a deal within seconds. So talk to me about what the first iteration of this product looked like, right? Because you can continue to build your product out. What was the first iteration of this and how did you get it into the hands of your first customers? Sure. So I'll, I'll speak to Allset since today, that's the company that we're running and focusing on. So Allset's mission is to help home service businesses. So think plumbers, HVAC, residential cleaners, painters, really kind of blue collar workers who are completely overlooked and underserved, the goal is to help them better connect with their customers and unlock revenue. And so our first iterations actually of all set 
you know, was launching a mobile app that provided one tap communication. So we gave our app to, you know, hundreds of technicians in the field and we asked them to open up our app and tap a button to send a message like, I'm on my way, uh, letting a consumer know that they would be arriving soon. So uh, simple. We, <laughs> yes, things like asking for a review or referral mm -hmm. or a tip. And our biggest, I mean, we learned really two key things. Number one, service professionals, right, and the trades, they love working with their hands, but they're not really motivated by technology. Mm -hmm. They're not interested in learning, you know, a new app or a new UI. And then the second learning was that really tipping was the most important thing to most of these technicians because okay. it meant that they could get paid more for the business owner. It meant that it was solving for a labor shortage, mm -hmm. which is a huge problem we see, you know, across a variety of industries today. And so, you know, we kept hearing from feedback from our users and our these businesses I love that I can just easily get a tip from a customer mm -hmm. through your app. And so we ended up scrapping our app in completely. Mm -hmm. And we said, forget the app. People aren't going to download this or use <laughs> this. And we ended up pivoting and building a fully automated messaging platform. Okay. And that's what all set is today. And so in the most simple form, you know, we integrate with the business's CRM and we leverage their appointment data to know when to send messages after a service is completed. So mm -hmm. I'll set steps in and we'll say things like, hey, Shauna, thanks for letting us paint your home today or clean your carpet or wash your windows. Uh, tips are always appreciated, but never required. If you'd like to leave one, you can go ahead and follow this link here. And so our first discovery was, you know, I think back in August, somebody left a $20 tip through this messaging experience. Mm -hmm. And we kind of scratched our heads and said, you know, why would anybody ever do that <laughs> when there's, you know, cash and Venmo and so right. many other ways to leave tips. And we figured out there's just this digital experience and digital opportunity. And you fast forward today, you know, we're now doing uh, over a million in tips annualized mm -hmm. in terms of GMV uh, for our businesses. And we send uh, 100% of that back to these businesses we work with. Hey, it's Shauna here. I want to take a quick break from this amazing episode to send a free resource your way. Starting up is hard. Whether you're bootstrapping or you've got some funding behind you, you don't always know exactly where to start. I want to fix that. You head to startuprenegades.com right now. You can claim your free business benchmark blueprint. That's a mouthful. It's going to help you set a plan in place so you can create your foundation for growth. And it's free, so why not? Head to startuprenegades.com right now and grab yours. It's such an amazing story. And I love hearing the journey. It's so important. So many times we just we talk about where we are now and the wins that we've had. And I think it's really important to share in the journey where you've had to pivot. And it just, you know, it speaks to you as an entrepreneur and your team that that you're watching these things happen, right? And you're taking feedback from the customers and you start to pivot and you start to reshape the model. And it sounds like you've really landed on something. So now you've got this amazing tipping platform how do you scale that? Are you marketing to the technicians themselves? Are there business owners? What does that look like? Yeah, good question. You know, tipping is really just the beginning. It's a mm -hmm. wedge feature. 
into a much broader platform that can serve these businesses. So, you know, we talk a lot about automating reviews and referrals and, you know, moving into experiences like payments. So text to pay will be a really easy way to complete a payment through text. And I think the number one thing that we have not lost sight of is just talking to customers, right? You have to spend time with business owners. We sell directly to the owner of the company. Many times they're owner operated, so right. they're really hard to get a hold of. Uh, they're, you know, some of the hardest working men and women in the United States that we've met. They are doing 10, 12 hour days. They get home and the last little bit of energy that they have, nine or 10 o'clock at night, they're motivated to learn and maybe hear about, you know, what we're building and, and how we're helping them run and grow their business. Okay, so hold on. You're talking like the last 10 minutes of energy that they have at night. They're connecting with you for a sales call is essentially what you're saying. So that's right. Yeah. are you telling me that your strategy is cold calling? Are you finding these businesses and you're scaling by having sales calls? Yeah. So we, we think about our go-to-market in a few different ways. Um, mm-hmm. It is home services traditionally is very face-to-face driven. Uh, so we attend a ton of events and trade shows. We meet them where they are. So we actually will go out and do the work. So I've spent countless hours cleaning carpets and washing windows and that's awesome. <laughs> uh, detailing cars myself so that we can actually engage and interact and observe how they're using our product, if they're using it, and just what the overall experience is. We also do, we're building an inside sales team. So that's one of mm-hmm. Utah's superpowers is access to just really sharp, um, humble, hardworking individuals who, you know, have spent time, you know, serving missions and selling religion, right? Which is the hardest product mm-hmm. in the world to sell. We've uh, seen folks who've come from backgrounds in the trades and who've done door-to-door sales, whether that's pest control or security. So building a really exciting, capital-efficient inside sales team. And finally, of course, the digital paths. So Mm -hmm. everything from webinars to Facebook ad frameworks um, and making sure that we are meeting them where they're searching. And so businesses today are are looking for tools to manage uh, CRMs. They're looking for reviews. Tipping is so novel that they're not necessarily for that. How do I find a tipping solution? The question is really more about how do I hire faster and retain some of my best people? I think that's so important. And I'm so glad that you shared that because when you are an early stage startup, you might be in an established industry, but sometimes you're offering a solution that is so novel that people don't know that it is an answer to the problem, right? They didn't even know that it was a problem for them. So things like SEO, you know, like these traditional things can be really tough because it's not on their mind. They're not thinking to look for it. So I love that you shared that because your understanding of that is really important in how you approach digital marketing, right? So you talked a little bit about ads, webinars. Webinars are very interesting. So are you using webinars to attack the problems that they are asking for solutions to? And, you know, you're getting those leads through ads? Right. Okay. Yeah. The webinar strategy is aligned with topics and content that solve pain points uh, for our customers today. Mm -hmm. And so it has to be focused on things that are top of mind for them. So in our world in home services, you know, a uh, cleaning business or a contractor, they're thinking about and worrying about 
competition and ankle biters that are coming up and stealing mm -hmm. market share just by throwing in some signs onto a lawn over a right. summer. They're thinking about their online reputation and they're thinking about, you know, how to keep and find great people who are competing against offers from businesses like Walmart, you know, or McDonald's right. who today can offer 25 to 30 bucks an hour, no problem. So if we can increase their wages, we can now solve to help them retain their best people, which then in turn helps them grow. That's awesome. So yeah, attacking it from a few different pain points, but it's definitely solution selling. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so I have to ask you, I'm really curious to see what your answer is. So you talked about this really strong grassroots strategy, but then you said that you're also engaging in, in digital for leads generation, right? I love that you have an omnichannel approach. Have you seen one be more effective than the other? Like, how do you feel if you were to compare the two strategies for growth? Yeah. So we love the book Traction and we talk about, mm -hmm. you know, all the sort of 19 or 20 various traction channels that mm -hmm. a business can pursue. As an early startup, you know, we're so limited, of course, you yeah. know, to our own resources that we try to identify, you know, really two or three key traction channels. And so by constantly testing and experimenting, you know, with very low cost budgets, whether that's $10 a day into Yelp ads or, you know, into okay. Google, we want to always just basically test and put just enough capital in and resources so that we can run a useful experiment that removes any preconceived notions or bias that we might have. Smart. But it's a lot of experimentation and these channels uh, work in different ways for mm -hmm. us whether that's customer acquisition, whether that's lead gen, whether that's simply just branding versus demand. Uh, so yeah. we think quite a lot about these channels and we're constantly testing. Do you have a favorite channel? You know, we've found events for whatever reason this year, post-pandemic, yeah. everybody is attending events this year. Right. And at least, you know, here in the United States, we see trade shows almost on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. And we'll attend those. Also, it has a pretty strong presence at those. And we meet a lot of great people, both kind of on the partnership side, on the customer side. Mm -hmm. And they've been invaluable to our growth. And we've seen high volumes of signups, you know, every time we attend an event. Mm -hmm. And so that's a strategy that we're just continuing to optimize and double down on and become more and more efficient as we go. So that's amazing. All right. I have to ask you the last, the big question. What does being a startup renegade mean to you? So I was looking up the word renegade before this podcast. <laughs> I wanted to make sure. And I, I think, you know, your Webster's definition is like outlaw or, yeah. you know, <laughs> anti-establishment. It reminded me of, you know, you've got like your Steve Jobs quote. It's like, why join the Navy when you could be a pirate? Um, mm -hmm. We have to, you know, challenge uh, status quos and we have to build the world that we want to live in. Mm -hmm. And in our case... That is a world where home service businesses have access to digital payments and convenient communication in a very frictionless, easy way. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as far as outliers go uh, and being an outlaw, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of challenging uh, just the way people do things, the way people meet yeah. barriers to entry. You know, even various folks that will have the opportunity to meet who either love us or kind of reject our idea. And I think it's just kind of never settling and 
you know, being willing to be different and be kind of the black sheep in many ways. But we've got so much to learn. We're excited to be in like the Utah ecosystem. I think three billion in capital came into the state just yeah. last year alone. And so we have a lot of work ahead of us and we have to stand out in our own way looking at good frameworks, but also kind of creating our own as we go. So it sounds like you didn't know that you were a renegade. And then you had to answer that question. And then you're like, Oh, yeah, I got it. We are pretty unique. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell everybody where they can find you online? Sure. So our website is tryallset.com. And uh, feel free to, uh, you know, if you're a home service business, if you know a home service business, whether that's like a family member or friend, send them our way. We'd love to help them streamline their payments and communications. So uh, grateful for the time, Shauna, and uh, excited. Let's catch up in a year and uh, hopefully we'll be in a, in a uh, very different place. Yes, you will. That was this week's episode of Startup Renegades. Thank you so much for joining me and soaking up all that brilliant entrepreneurial knowledge from today's guest. If you want to suggest a founder for a future episode or just want to connect, you can find me on Instagram at shauna.armitage. That's S-H-A-U-N-A dot A-R-M-I-T-A-G-E. And just a little reminder, if you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. It makes a huge difference and it's so important for helping the show thrive. I'll be here same time next Tuesday for a raw, honest conversation with another startup renegade.